0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the old Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator around here. And you know, I noticed something in the history of DHC. When it's raining or even drizzling, generally, I don't know how this is lined up, but the coffee has been good on those days when it's been raining. But not today. I don't know. You know, John, the guy who does the announcements, he makes the coffee. And boy, I had a sip earlier. It was like sipping tar. Sorry about that, folks. We'll try to work on that. Anyway, I am so excited to be wrapping up this. I I can only make those jokes at the nine. Because you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I am so excited that we were able to have a week off last week. Um, this is such an important thing for us to do just to kind of un- unplug and unwind and take a break, um, some of us together. Caitlin and I actually had the opportunity to travel to Hawaii. It was like our big trip for the year. It was awesome. We um, had our first couple's massage, which was interesting. And during the massage, I actually said this to one of the masseuses I said, Excuse me, I said, I just got a question for you. Is Don Ho still playing local? Locally down here in Honolulu?" And the lady goes, "'Sir, I believe he passed away in the late 70s.'" And I said, "'I'm sorry about that.'" May he rest in peace. Anyway, so we are right now wrapping up today this series called Lawless, and this has been such an important, like, four weeks for us as a church because this has really helped us kind of dive into our DNA of who we are and why this is important to our future, and so it's so important for us to collectively understand. But for these four weeks, we've been in only one book in the scriptures, and it's the book of Galatians. And the book of Galatians was this book that was written, right, about and to these people who were some of the earliest followers of Jesus. The Galatians were some of the earliest followers of Jesus. They heard about this new movement, this guy who claimed to be the Messiah, predicted his own death and resurrection, and rose again, and then said, hey, go love other people, go love your neighbor as yourself. These were some of the first followers of this new movement. And this book, the book of Galatians, is a compilation of letters. And that's letters written by a guy by the name of Paul to this early church. So we've talked a little bit about Paul in the last few weeks. If you You've missed you might want to catch up because these uh, sermon these messages kind of build on each other right and but Paul was a guy who was one of like, basically the founders of this new movement, this Christian faith he was really really important so I started to ask myself as well just as a refresher where was this early church in Galatia where where did these people live where was this town and so we got a map and so you can kind of look at this part of the world known as the current Middle East and they were actually kind of stationed here in the northwest side. Of Turkey and that's just kind of setting the message up for today but What happened was with the Galatians and this is what Paul was going to address today in the sixth chapter in the book is the Galatians were starting to sprinkle some of the old way the old law We've talked about all that back into this new movement and back into this new way But there was a problem with this and here was the problem The problem was that the arrival of Jesus onto the earth, the arrival of Jesus signaled the end of the old way and the beginning of a new way, a brand new way. Jesus said, you don't have to do all those things anymore. I have come to fulfill the law. Now you know what the new way is? Me. Have faith in me and then go love other people. The arrival of Jesus signaled the end of all this old stuff and the beginning of the new way. But the Galatians, this early church, the Galatians had a problem. The Galatians had actually many problems, and in this sixth chapter of the book, it's kind of like a smorgasbord of Paul's final words to the Galatians. So we're going to actually kind of bounce around today a little bit, but it's so important because these words still apply to us today. It's so key for us to understand that. And one of the problems that the Galatians had, and maybe some of us have this as well, but one of the problems that the Galatians had is they had some ego running through their veins. Now, maybe you've been really successful in life, maybe you're really in shape, maybe you've made it financially and you're proud of that. Maybe you got a little ego related to that. But the difference in this situation is the Galatians started to have ego related to what? Spirituality and faith which was totally the opposite of what Jesus called us to do. So Paul, this guy who wrote these letters, he gave some final instructions to the Galatians. And this is what he said. This is so important for us to tune in. And if you have a scripture, you can open it to Galatians chapter 6. If not, as always, it'll be on all of our screens here. But Paul said in Galatians 6, verse 1, he said, Dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to all these people. He's going, Hey, if another believer, someone who's a part of your church, is overcome by some sin, some wrongdoing, you, are to, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. There's two words that I want to point out in this passage, which are so important. Gently and humbly, right? Basically saying, hey gang, and this is true of all of us in this room today as well, basically saying, hey gang, in life, you're going to screw up. Bottom line, it's gonna happen. Something bad's gonna happen. You're gonna make a mistake. If all of us could talk about all, all of our history and our past, we could admit that we've all made mistakes. Some of us recently have made mistakes. But so often what we do when people inside the church make a mistake is we just go, get out, right? And Paul said, no, no, no. Gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Meaning this, if someone screws up, I would love to even change this word to when someone screws up. Don't abandon them. And then he says this, and he goes, hey, and you who are coming alongside of them, be careful yourself. He goes, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So let me make it just a point. So if you're a recovered alcoholic, right, And someone in our church, our area here, you find out they're struggling with alcoholism. And you want to do what? Gently and humbly help them back to their feet. Here's what he's saying. Be careful you don't fall into the same temptation yourself again. Because temptations are out there for all of us. And they're interesting and they're good. And they're like, we want to participate in these things. But Paul's like, listen, you people of faith, don't do this. This is not something that you want to do. Right? But then he said this. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. So all of us in this room, now you know that we are a church that we strongly want people who are not engaged with church to attend, but there are relationships that we all build with each other, especially those of us who've been around for any length of time. And if you're new, we want to get you plugged in because this is an awesome group of people. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but I want to give you some practical related to what I think Paul's saying to us, these people back then and us today in these verses. Here's just one that I think is so key. Be there. For each other through the trials of life the trials of life because you will have them some of you are there right now Some of them are really, really small, and you're trying to figure out those small ones. Some of them are big and massive, and you're right in the middle of this huge mess. And we've all had big ones and little ones, right? But we, as the church, need to be there for each other through the trials of life. And when I say each other, let me talk about you all and how you all connect because so often people think the guy with the microphone is the guy that needs to kind of bear, each, bear, you know, bear every burden, talk to people about their issues, and I'm happy to do that. I've done that with a lot of you. But really what we're trying to do here is engage you all with each other, which is why we do things like DHC Nights, so that you can build relationships with each other as well. This is so important, to be there for each other throughout the trials of life. And then another practical thing I think he's saying is this, Share each other's burdens and lift each other up. Share each other's burdens and then do what? Lift each other up. Be encouraging to each other. Gently and humbly do this when people are going through a difficult, difficult time. Let me switch gears a second I have a question for you. Have you ever noticed this about people who think they're religious? Let me talk about what this is. Have you ever noticed that people who claim to be religious or spiritual people, oftentimes they think that they're better than other people? Maybe they're higher up in the hierarchy of some local denomination of some church. Maybe they're more knowledgeable and they think that, you know, I know way more than you do. Have you ever noticed that religious people tend to go there? Well, I'll tell you, throughout history, controlling religion and being in those positions has led to something. See, because religion has oftentimes led to power, right? And people with power think something about themselves. People with power, those people who have power or who are in control, tend to think that they are what? Important. They tend to go, look at me. Look how much I know. Look at, don't miss this, look at the costume I'm wearing, right? Look at how much I'm closer to God than you are. And that? It creates power, and people then think they're important, sometimes because they think they're so important, sometimes too important to help others. And the Galatians, related to this ego thing they were dealing with, the Galatians were struggling with this issue. They were getting a lot of stuff wrong that Paul had to correct, And in Galatians 6.3, he lets them have it. And I love what he said because we need to hear this here and now. This is what he said in Galatians 6.3. He said, hey, boys, girls, listen up. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. And then he says something that should humble every one of us in this room and should have humbled them back then to the point that they were knocked off their chair. I love this. Goes on. You are not that important. You know what he's saying? You are not that special. Who do you think you are that you think that you're so close to God through what Jesus has done that you're not going to lay your life down for someone else? You are not that special. I've been told many times in my life that you are not that special, generally from my mother, okay? I've been told that, but I love that Paul was saying, I mean, listen, he goes, and that's not to mean you don't have worth in life. That doesn't mean that you're not a person who is loved by God. It just means don't think about how important you are. So then let me again kind of pivot and shift gears. And this is an important thing for all of us to realize, because those of us who've said yes to following after Jesus and his teachings, there's something else that we need to understand here today and something else that Paul addressed with the Galatians as well. See, because a lot of times when we come to know God or come to know Christ and we think all is going to be right with the world, all is going to be right in our life, allow me to tell you something. When you did that and you made that decision, and if you haven't yet, I'm just telling you, I think you should. We can talk about that at another time. But you've chosen a difficult life. It's not the easiest life to live. It'd be a lot easier to just be reckless And to just do whatever you want to do and throw caution to the wind and not manage your finances wisely and have as much to drink as you want to drink and make unwise decisions and be, you know, flippant in every arena of your life. It'd be easy not to fight for your marriage. It'd be easy just to have that kind of lifestyle. But the Christian Christian life, right? This race, the Christian journey is not the easiest race to run. I don't know um, if you've ever ran a race. Caitlin um, ran for a long time in high school. She was like number one in the state of Michigan. She was a marathon runner, um, still does to this day. I ran a 5K um, twice. I did the color run a couple of times, and then I did this 5K, and she ran the 5K with me, and I'll never forget, like, because I was so mad during that entire race because I hate running, okay? And so anyway, to make the story short, we get cheap blows me out of the water and I'm at the water station on like mile two she ran back to me and said come on let's pick up the pace I said, you get out of here was, oh, you know, that's what, So anyway, here's, here's the point running a race is, is not easy it's difficult right but Paul said to the Galatians hey that's what he said he goes in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 so let's not get tired of doing what is good gang don't get tired of doing what is good at just the right time You may not be right now, may not be tomorrow, but if you keep running this race and you keep doing the right thing at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? Don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Now, let me talk to you about DHC for a second because some of you are brand new, been around for just a very short length of time. Some of you have sat in these chairs for the past 20 months as we've launched this amazing church, which is why I love the 9 a.m. service so much, because it's like a family and that's why I love it so much. But anyway, here's what I want you to know about DHC. DHC, I have met, personally, some of the greatest people I've ever known. Now, I've been a part of local churches my entire life. I've grown up in the local church, I've worked at local churches. I have never in my life felt connection with or bonds with people who come to downtown Harbor Church. God, I truly believe this, God is doing something special through the lives of the people who are here and relationships are being built. The reason that I tell you this, the reason that I kind of put this before you today, Is because throughout our journey together, those of us who are here, those of us who may have even gone and moved away, right? Throughout our journey together, we're going to have trials. We're going to screw up. There's going to be moments where we fail. And, and I think you should minimalize that in your life. We say here, around here all the time, I need to make the wise choice. We say it with our kids. We say it even more with our adults because you need to. Sin will screw your life up and you'll have to pay the price for it. Trust me, I know, right? But here's what I believe about us at Downtown Harbor Church. I want to be a church, a group of people that who continues to fight for each other. We need to continue to fight for each other. We need to continue to lift each other up. We need to continue to engage in relationships because there's going to come a time, even if it's not tomorrow or even if it's not in a week, where you need somebody to sit by your side. That's what the local church is for. That's what helping others is. That's what doing good things for other people is supposed to be like. And the Galatians were getting this wrong. And so I encourage you, just from a standpoint of me being up here, this is why it's so important that you show up to nights like DHC Nights. It's so important that organically you get together with other people from here. And let me tell you why. Because there's going to come a point in time where we need each other, and I or any of our staff, we can't be the only ones meeting with every single person who comes to the church. It just doesn't work. It's not possible. And so that's why this is so important. And here's another thing that Paul was about to address. To the believers in Galatia. I don't know if you've noticed this, right? But a lot of believers are boastful, proud of their faith, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of your faith, but man, look at me. I got this all figured out, and I'm on God's side, he's on my side, and I got this figured out. And I don't know about you over there, you don't have it figured out like I have it figured out. Oh, look at me, I got it figured out. Let me tell you something about the guy in the flamingos. He doesn't have it figured out, okay? This is bottom line. Okay? Watching the golden girls on Hulu during the day. You think I have, I'm just kidding, right? Here's it. But this is what Paul said he goes, because they were boastful. They were just, they were, they were starting to be too proud. And then in Galatians 6 14, Paul said this in his, some of his final words, and it was so powerful, so powerful. As for me, may I never boast, never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to boast? The only thing that you boast about is that Jesus went to that cross so that every single one of us could actually live. Boast about that. Because of that cross, and it goes on, he says it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. Back to the circumcision thing. We talked about that for the last couple of weeks. If you weren't here, catch up on that. He goes, listen, it doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a what? New creation. Don't boast. The old law, my final words to you, doesn't matter. Stop it. Then he goes, dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Amen. You know what I love so much about these words that were written so carefully and translated so carefully over time is that Paul, who wrote these letters to the Galatians, closes the same way he began. He closes with this very simple truth of asking for the grace of Christ to be with them. He's going, hey, guys, if you will have it, the grace of Christ will change your life. Follow after it. His instructions are very clear. If you'll have this, may the grace of Christ be with you. You know what else I love about what Paul does does throughout the book in Galatians? And I love how he closes. He also closes by doing what? By bringing them down to their knees. And you know what? Every local church I've been in, there have been a number of people who have needed to be brought down to their knees. We don't want to be like that here. We want to get this right. We want to help other people right where they're at. We don't want to be boastful or proud. He brought them down to their knees by doing one thing that I think is the bottom line here. By reminding them, hey, you're not as good as you think you are. And boy, oh boy, wouldn't the local church of today be transformed and changed if we could just get that right? That, hey, we are not that special. You know what we're here to do? We're here to serve. We're here to serve and love others, and that's what the Galatians were getting wrong. Paul wrote these 2,000-some-odd years ago, and I don't know if he ever thought that it would ever get to us today. I don't know if he knew that in his mind, but he wrote it to them back then, and we're reading it today because it still applies. So downtown Harbor Church, every week, we try to put this word on the screen. What's the practical for us? What's the practical for us right here and now today? Because yeah, we hear all this, and I've given you a little bit of practical already, but if you go away from here tomorrow, what can you put in your mind to go away with and start to engage this week? Here's the first one. Build relationships with each other. And for some of you who aren't relational people in the room, I get it. You only have a couple of friends, and that's okay. I'm not saying you have to have, you know, everybody be your friend. You don't have to do that. But there's going to come a point in time in your life where you're going to need to sit and talk with someone and lean on someone's shoulder who is not your spouse or not your parent. And so that's what you need to do. And that's why we're here for each other. So build relationships with each other. Number two, this is something that is just so key. Don't be afraid to share what's going on in your own life. Don't be afraid to share what's going on in your own life. And let me tell you why. Because that's how real relationships are built. Don't be afraid to actually open up to someone else. And you know what? A lot of times from this stage up here, people feel across our country and world like they can't be vulnerable. Like people can't know about their struggles. People can't know what actually goes on inside. And I'm not saying that I'm always going to air all of my dirty laundry up here. But you guys are going to hear some of it. Because I am not a perfect person by any means. No one who puts one of these things on is. So you might even hear from me some of the things that are going on in my life sometimes. In fact, my buddy John who does the announcements yesterday, we were sitting having a conversation. And I just go, hey, listen, can I talk to you about something? And I kind of just shared something that was going on. I said, what do you think about that? And he goes, yep. I said, thanks. That was really insightful, John. Appreciate your help there. I'm going to go find someone else. <laughs> and here's, here's the third one. He actually did that. I go, I said, I was the, pouring my heart out. And you go, yep. He goes, yep. Anyway, don't be afraid to share what's going on with somebody, right? What's going on in your own life. And then the final one that's so important, which has broken my heart in local churches, throughout my experience with them. Don't give up on each other. Don't give up on each other. This is what happens when we believe in community and relationships. Because let me tell you something, it's gonna, it, it would be pretty easy, especially if you knew the crap that people are in in their life, to just go, I'm out. I can't deal with this anymore. And by the way, this is not the place for you. We can't take your mess here. Churches all over the country do it. I've watched it happen. Not here. Not on my watch. We're going to support each other, no matter how bad it gets. No matter what big of a mess you're in, with Christ by your side, it can get better. And I want you to know something from a personal standpoint. At Downtown Harbor Church, no matter how messed up you are and screwed up you are, you always, always, always have a seat in this room. Oh, wow, I'm getting around. That was really cool. We could all do let's all do that. Yeah, that was great. Look at the little boys up here today. All right. But that's that's the key of what the local church is. And guys, we've missed it. We've gotten it wrong. It's become a country club with a membership fee. What was that? That's what was going on in Galatia. That's why Paul wrote these letters. They were getting it wrong. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are. This is not a cool, creative bottom line that like, I sat around and came up with because that's what I do during my week. Like, I actually, like I'm like, how, how can we say this? This is actual word-for-word scripture in this book. If you think you're too important to help someone, You're only fooling yourself. Build a relationship with someone. Help someone in the church. Help someone outside the church. Engage with each other. That's what the Galatians were getting wrong. Get the old law out. Realize it's all about love. And then, from the inside out, we will begin to change and transform this city. And you know what? I will tell you something. So often when we first started this church, I would say that from this stage. If we can get this right, we can begin to change and transform our city. And 20 months later, after we went through some of this stuff again with you guys, let me tell you something. We are getting it right. Lives at this church are being changed. Families at this church are being changed. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Keep running that race. Build relationships with each other. Help each other. If not, you're just fooling yourself. Let me pray. Father, thanks for who you are. Thank you so much for your grace and your love and your peace. God, you surround us in ways that we don't even know or understand. And I'm so, so, so thankful that years ago I said yes to you. And that finally we can feel like we're getting things right around here. Help us to build relationships with each other. Help us to engage with each other. Help us to dive into the mess with each other. Help us to laugh together. Help us to cry together when we need to. This is what the church is supposed to be. Not a country club where if you don't agree with us, we're going to toss you out. We don't want to be like the local church in Galatia was starting to be like. We want to get it right. God, I pray that not only individually, but you would help us collectively as a church. Begin to get this right, starting as soon as we can. We pray it in Jesus' name.